You're listening to Sorry, What Was the Question with me, Alex Campbell. I'm a therapist, coach and educator. I also have ADHD. In fact, I was one of the first in the UK to be diagnosed. My experience having ADHD is complex, confusing and often hilarious. It can also be quite isolating. That's why I created this podcast, to chat with other people with ADHD, along with their family, friends and colleagues. So join us. I hope that together we'll feel less isolated, better understood and more connected. Hello, neurodiverse friends. Welcome to episode four. It's been a little longer than I'd anticipated to get this episode out. I'm going to blame COVID, but really it's just been a very busy lead up to the Christmas season and time management has gone out the window in quite a few areas of my life. I know you guys will get it. Having said that, one thing that I'm looking to change in the new year is that this podcast is going to go seasonal, meaning that I will start releasing episodes weekly in blocks at set times throughout the year. This is to keep up with the management of it and so you guys can get more of a regular uh, episode release. I'll keep you updated on this in January. There are some really exciting guests in the lineup which you won't want to miss. And I suppose when I look back with my ADHD, staying out of trouble, Mm -hmm. uh, staying away from addictions uh, and being able to control my emotions was something that I definitely, definitely struggled with when I think back to it now. But in that moment, yeah. right there and then, you're just, you're just part of a bigger struggle anyway. That was Gareth Dakin, my guest on today's episode. He's a professional filmmaker, photographer, and all-round creative. He identifies with being oversensitive, hyperactive, and all or nothing. He's always 15 minutes away, and it's what he struggles with most and uses to propel his ambitions. He's also an avid runner and climber and a fan of anything that's right here and right now. The brain, our brains, is the biggest interest for him right now and enjoys reading and listening to experts who talk about it. We will then be joined by his business partner, Toby Trimble, Assistant Professor of Anesthesia and Analgesia at the University of Nottingham School of Veterinary Medicine and Science. His teaching and research focuses on using technology and video to improve the student learning experience. The sound quality of this interview isn't as great as I would have hoped. There is a little glitch in the recording remotely. However, the quality of what Gareth brings and his unique views on ADHD is amazing particularly from a class and privilege perspective. I was very taken by how eloquent Gareth spoke about his lived experience of having ADHD. I hope you feel the same. So Gaz, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for coming on. That's Um, absolutely fine. Let's um, get stuck in. Um, So when we first had a little chat in your car, um, one of the things that struck me was about you describing yourself coming from a council estate and that being a part of your ADHD experience and some of the challenges. And I'd love just to hear a bit about that to begin with. Um, yeah, I suppose, well, it has to start there really because that's, <clears throat> that's, you know, that's where some of my first memories and some of my first when I, when I think about ADHD retrospectively, because obviously I wasn't diagnosed until I was like 35. So um, when I look back at that experience retrospectively, it, it, it yeah, it has to start there. And mm-hmm. um, 
my experience with it is one of, I don't know, it's quite difficult actually now. Cause like when uh, we reiterated on it and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, but what, and now I'm overthinking like what it even, what it even means to, to be on that, that, you know, talking about that thing. But I suppose mm. I enjoyed my childhood. We had a really good time. Um, it wasn't the easiest of times. Like, uh, yeah, I suppose it's just, you're on a council estate. You're in with a group of people that are all in a similar boat. Um, and whether or not ADHD comes into it, uh, obviously didn't really yeah. matter because I was, I was a kid and I didn't understand it either. And nobody else like my mum or anybody would have understood it. And although my mum probably did use the terms, you know, or, or people would say ADHD or that sort of thing, I never took it in because to be honest, they weren't really talking about me. I, it, my mum would say that if anybody had ADHD out of any of us, it would be one of my other brothers. Um, oh. so it's quite, it's quite funny, really the, the perception that, that, that those types of people have. And when I say types of people, I mean, the community that is on that, on that council estate. Um, I don't know if I'm just waffling when on. You said, Am I getting to your point? No, no. When you said like, we're all in the same boat and we've all got struggles. Yeah. I started thinking about like the struggles that maybe you were identifying with in terms of like what the estate versus the struggles of having ADHD at times and thinking about those two struggles, like it's an additional struggle. Yeah. So I think, uh, you have the, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know, working class isn't really a a term anymore, is it? But I suppose if there was going to be a term for it, that community Mm. of working class people, uh, and their families have their own struggles. Um, you know, whether they're on benefits, whether they're addicted to drugs, whether they've not got any money, whether they're, you know, these things are real happening in that moment. Um, I'm just a kid that's growing up in and around it. So ADHD as a thing didn't really matter. It, none of us really understood mm-hmm. or knew about it anyway. Mm-hmm. But when I think back retrospectively, there are a lot of things that I would do uh that i did do and that i wouldn't do and actually um when i heard uh mass on the last episode uh some of the things that he was saying and the things that his dad said about him made me chuckle mm. because i'm like yep few you know i i would go in and light a room up on fire and i was angry um but was that was yeah. that because of my ADHD or was that because I was in a, in a community, in a society that was under other, other pressures and stress. And also my mom and yeah. dad split up when I was quite young and, and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we are, everyone has their family issues and their, and their, their yeah. things going on and their pressures. Uh, and there was four, four boys. My mom's got single parent. Um, wow. trying to do the best that you possibly can. So in the end of the day, it does the ADHD thing is kind of good and fun to look back of and go, do you know what? Maybe that was that, or maybe that was that. But the whole the whole thing and the the community and the yeah. and the society at that time that I lived in, being on a council estate, 
was tough anyway. So if anything, it probably yeah. gave me a good teaching. <laughs> well, I guess one of the things I was thinking about was if, if your upbringing, like growing up, having a single mum, four brothers, and the struggles that you guys experienced, how that might have compared, how you might have been comparing some of your struggles with ADHD and whether there was something almost like a comparison going on here about, oh, well, I've already had these struggles. Is this so bad? Or oh, do you know what 100%. I mean? Like if there's a... Sort yeah, of- absolutely. Because of course as well, you have to, you have to, um, you have to think that even, even if I'd have got diagnosed or my brother would have got, because no, 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 nobody else in my family has been diagnosed. It's just me. So even, even if uh, any of my brothers got diagnosed or not diagnosed, um, the ability to gain medication, support, access to mental health, uh, you know, especially in the 80s and 90s, growing up in the 90s, that, mm. that attitude of, of even having a mental health issue or being low on mood, again, doesn't matter because we've all got shit to deal with. So that yeah. attitude then comes into it as well. So your whole uh, ethos of what your, what your family life's like is based on the fact that you need to go to work, earn your bit, you know, support each other, try and be as nice to each other as possible, but at the same time, try and stay out of trouble. And, and I suppose when I look back with my ADHD, staying out of trouble, mm-hmm. Uh, staying away from addictions uh, and being able to control my emotions was something that I definitely, definitely struggled with when I think back to it now. But in that moment, yeah. right there and then, you're just, you're just part of a bigger struggle anyway. So it's quite hard actually wow. to, to express yourself creatively, express yourself emotionally. Uh, the support is not necessarily there. And that could be, I, I think, a, a good example is, you know, I've always been quite good at sport mm-hmm. and, I, and I've always done quite well. Um, but I'd have never been able to go on and progress into anything because you, the support isn't there and, and the money's not there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, and that's that was hard to deal with as a as a kid because you've got these emotional states going on in your brain and you can't regulate them like no, normal yeah. people can or everybody. Yeah. You're using a little quote finger Yeah, there. because what I'm saying there is uh, you think you're the only one. So you're, you think and know and feel that isolation inside, even though you yeah. might have loads of friends and stuff. So the way that yeah. you're, you're perceiving, again, that, that moment that might be at school or whatever is, is, is hard because your emotions are yeah. all over the shop. Before we kind of jump ahead to like your actual diagnosis, um, tell me a little bit about your journey in education and university because I know that's a bit of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I, um, I just went to work. I, I went to work from 16. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, did okay at GCSEs. I, I didn't excel, but I didn't, I didn't drastically fail. And so school really wasn't, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good. It was just middle of the road. So then I went, left school, went to mm. work. Uh, again, I was just a bit of a tear away and I didn't really care. 
uh, I didn't really know what I was and what I wanted to do. So I did many, many jobs and from what, what, what kind of jobs did you so do? So most of them was like manual labor. So I'd have gone, uh, I was a bit of a labor at first. And then when I was like 16, I worked for a, a tire and exhaust fitter. It's like just a little okay. like you've just training how to do tires and exhausts. Well, actually, no, I, I was doing an apprenticeship before that to do that, but I got sacked because I mm -hmm. never used to turn up on the Saturdays. And I didn't care because I used to just go out and have a great time. So I just used, you know, I just wasn't bothered. So then they sat me in the end. Um, and then I went on to do like work with, uh, so like ducting and duct work and stuff and, and fitting that and cleaning mm. that out and maintaining those. So then I went and did some shop fitting for a while. Um, and all of, all of these always amounted to just me uh, thinking it's gotta be better than this. There's got, I've got to, there's gotta be something better than this. And, and then when, again, I, I, I attach to my society and what's around me and I think, well, universities, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to university. That's what it is. I missed it. I didn't go. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even in my ether. It was nothing. There was no way I was ever going to go to uni or go through it. I do my A-levels at 16. It didn't even cross my mind. Mm. I'd have liked to, but again, in that culture, in that society, it doesn't happen. And again, I'm the, only, yeah. I'm the only person that's graduated from university out of my whole family, and it's a big family. So uh, mm. I remember just saying, that's it. I've had enough of uh, working in this shop fitting business. It's a ball ache. I ate it. I can do something different. Um, so I went back to college and did an access to computing course, which gave me the grades to go to uni. So it was back okay. home in Leicester. So I went to uh, Leicester College and I got my access to computing, but I wanted to do computer games programming. Okay. Which again, I always find funny with the ADHD. There's no way I was ever going to do computer games programming. I started to, I, start, I did the coding module and, and the teacher actually came around to me and went, you're, you're not going to be able to do this, are you? I went, not a clue. <sighs> I cannot. I haven't. I, we were just really on. It's one of the most honest conversations I've ever had in my life. It's like, I know that I'm not going to be able to do it. You know. And he did it for me. He did my whole module for me. Like, and we put, and to, to get me through it was brilliant. <laughs> and, and you know what? No. I, and I learned something about myself at, co at that college doing that one year course because mm. what happened was we used to do the exams with everybody talking and and oh. now i know but i mean ultimately let's you know they what they need to get these people and the numbers up and go into university and great but we it was actually a really really positive shifting experience from what i thought school was to what i thought mm -hmm. it could be um and there was a few guys in there and uh, I remember my maths, maths like tutor, it was the exam. Mm -hmm. We were allowed to work it out together. We were allowed to uh, discuss points. And mm. he, he actually said to us, you know, if you literally get to the bottom point where you, none of you guys can help each other out, I'll help you out. Mm -hmm. And it never got to that point. We always figured it wow. out between us. And then as an exam, I just thought that's, that fits me perfectly because if I can work within a team and help mm -hmm. negotiate and help each other, yeah. it works. What an amazing, like, um, 
kind of almost like not redemptive but like such a transformational experience of being under an exam condition but being allowed to talk and being allowed to negotiate and speak yeah, with yeah. people to come up with the answer as opposed to being it very insular mm. such a different experience I've never heard of that before so that's amazing. yeah no what did that experience give you well it it definitely shifted my mindset to oh actually there's there's better ways of of doing things we don't have to be mm. in this construct and we don't have to be uh there isn't just one set way to to achieve something um what i also got out of college was uh, i had my first counseling in college when i was on a bit of a rough ride um and that mm-hmm. that that uh really um got me to start challenging myself like i say i was i was enjoying having a good time at the weekend and and being addicted to all sorts of things and and mm. um i was yeah i learned a lot from that whole year so yeah. passed through that went on to university switched up my course to a media production course which uh i did that as a bsc <laughs> which again there was like half of it was uh, all uh, practical work and then there was this bit of exams where I just melted so I got really oh. I got really like good made sure that I got good good grades in the practical side of it because I knew that once those exams come around that that clock's ticking louder than anything that I've ever heard in my life yeah uh so yeah, yeah. so yeah after that did my BSc and then I kind of got to this weird point where if we Double back a little bit to when I thought, right, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better thing. Yes. I know that there's a better life out there. So I'll go to uni. When I got to the end of that, I just thought, oh, is that it? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like genuinely like, all right, I knew I was always going to be crap at the exams and I knew I was always going to be pretty good because I'm a, I'm a doer. I just get yeah. stuff done. Of course, yeah. you know, it's in there. And mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to be all right, but is that it? Like, what happens now? So I then decided to do a master's. <laughs> okay. You're like, what's my next dopamine hit? In all fairness, the master's is one of the best, the hardest and most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. It was brutal wow. and amazing at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering though, how you managed in terms of to get through your BSc and then get through your master's like what strategies did you do or was it just a case of you're doing you were studying things that you genuinely enjoyed so there was that motivation there like knowing I mean obviously this we're talking about this like you have ADHD because you do but then you didn't so it's kind of like okay how did you manage yeah so um well I didn't really. I just, I, I suppose that's where, that's where it, it, your, your background comes in and mm. you know, that where you've, where you've kind of been forced to, to, to get that thick skin. Um, and you, and a, and a very, and a very, uh, British thing as well, isn't it? You know, just get your head down and just get on with it. And, mm. you know, as, as damaging as that is, that's yeah. what I did. I, 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 I got yeah. my head down. I got on with it. I thought I had issues. I know I had issues. You know, I was, I was, I was very much at that point. Like I say, I was, I, I was seeing Ian, the counselor for a while. Um, mm. I'd, I, I knew that I had something going on. 
yeah. uh, again, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the, the setting, the, the society, the community, mm. you know, depression is now becoming a bit of a, a, a thing and, and anxiety. So you're attaching to these like, oh yeah, that's a bit of me, that, yeah. and that's a bit of me as well. Mm. But all the time I knew there was an underpinning thing, right. that underpinning feeling of not, n- not being in that moment, therefore never yeah. want, not never knowing what it is that you're actually trying to achieve. You're, mm. just, you're just doing it all right. the time. And it's, it's a hamster wheel. It's a constant hamster wheel. And that's how, that's how, so what happened? that's how I got through it. I just, just plowed through. Okay. Yeah. So I guess my next thought then is what happened when you got to the end of the masters? So at the end of the masters, a massive, 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 huge sigh of relief. I remember come over me. And then after the masters, okay. I got my first, what I would say is my career job. Then I was yeah. a photographer for uh, a big sort of like a big brand basically um Mm -hmm. and and then it it just carried on from there and and I think even looking back through those times as well again I still don't know I still don't know that I've I've got this thing uh and I'm I'm trying to work through it and I'm trying to build a career um Mm -hmm. and I think I just I just kept going and I just kept going and and I and it wasn't until I met my girlfriend now Okay. That was the first person that really went, hold on, mate. You're so much, this, this can't be how a relationship, yeah. I, I, she'd never been in a relationship like it before. So it brought things, yeah. it brought things to the fore for me um, and for her. Yeah. What was that like for you to have someone else who's kind of like noticing it? And because the thing about you being like, okay, there's these things that are not right about me. And that's like a, a familiar repetitive thought that you've had throughout many of these earlier years. And then you get into a relationship with someone and then they say it to you and it becomes a thing, right? It's like, okay, so this thing that I've been churning through in my head is now something that someone else is also picking up on. Yeah. How did that feel? And how, what were the next, what, what happened as a result of that? Well, you know, previous relationships, working relationships, romantic relationships, friend relationships, family relationships. Mm. I now started to think, well, what what is that like? Where maybe maybe then when I was being like that, this was something to do with this 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 thing, this ADHD. Mm. Uh, mm. At that point, I'm still I'm still well in the well into the stigma. I'm still like, oh yeah, naughty kid. That was me fine mm. angry that's me yep fine can mood swings from one to the next in a split second and then back to normal again yep i'll tickle oh, yeah. and i will just go in through yeah. the stigma list of all the uh all the things that that, that you can that you can relate to adhd mm. and and then when you start to look deeper into it and yeah it all started to make a bit more sense but okay I did, I did. I don't think I really believed it. Even after, even after being diagnosed, uh, there was there was something else about it. I didn't like. Yeah, okay, cool. I've got ADHD, but what is it? Yeah. And is 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 this related to some of the earlier stuff we were talking about? This idea of you can't believe that you've got it. Like, is it something about like people like me don't get this, or is there oh, like a the disbelief, yeah. even though you got diagnosed? Like, I, that's really interesting. You get often people talk about, well, 
a lot of people talk about being relieved when they get the diagnosis mm. or I mean there's a lot of different experiences but that's interesting that you almost still didn't believe it even though you got diagnosed yeah 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 100 I wonder and, why and do you know what a part of it is uh, and again we can we can harp this back to to my past and where I'm from and and having access to things mm. and the process of going to the GP and saying yeah this is a thing that my girlfriend and I have noticed. It's severely affecting my mental health. Mm. I'm not in a good shape right now. How did your GP respond? Um, she actually said, well, there's a few things that are on her mind. And actually, I was so lucky to get, because you, you it's potluck with GPs these days. You can have any sort, any old GP. You go into a room and it's one from yeah. the next, it's fine. But, yeah. I walked I walked in there and she was super understanding and she went, right, wow. there's a few things here, but one of them might be, have you heard of ADHD? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of ADHD. ADHD. Um, let's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fine. Let's go down that route. Um, and there was also like a bipolar route as well uh, because at, yeah. at the time, I think the thing that was really, and I can imagine how hard this was for Kat, who's my girlfriend, yeah. The way that I could flip from being okay to mm. genuinely nearly smashing a kitchen up because I've booked the wrong parking place, oh, you know, like yeah. that. And then after it, just being back to normal, yeah, just like that. So I suppose when I was talking to the GP, I, I, I was mm. saying like, you know, this, this is problem because I'm just going to end up just being lonely and miserable because no one's going to like somebody who just kicks off all the time. And then all your mental health issues will just, you know, and, and who knows. So um, she was really understanding. We started okay. doing the, the process, then lockdown, then. Oh yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, of course. So, so how did that impact on your diagnostic, you know, the journey of getting diagnosed? How it impacted was I think in that, having that belief, of, of actually being a real thing. So what I mean by that wow. is mm. I've got an email and a letter through the door. So about mm -hmm. five months later, I got, a, I got a video call with a, uh, a specialist at the Leeds ADHD clinic. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, the process started from there and it, it probably took about, mm -hmm. about 18 months in total, two years-ish from when I first went to the GP. Okay to when I okay. got into a position to be mm -hmm. able to have medication. Um, okay. Yeah, it just went through that whole Are process. You Do you take, yeah, sorry. And I think that, that whole process, it being on mm -hmm. video call, which is something nobody really was getting to grips with yet. Um, being in the middle of a pandemic and having that notion of, well, no, I don't really feel any different to what I've always felt. So it's okay that we're having this dialogue and I'm, you know, cause you, they're filling out and he's writing a report and, and, and he's putting that out there and, and, and he's agreeing with the things that you say, but you're not necessarily thinking, well, I'm just telling my story. So I don't, but all the time he's just pulling all this information out and making professional judgments. And I'm not really acknowledging those professional judgments. I'm just telling my story and that's how it is. And he's like, yep, you've got it. Yeah. So then I was like, well, okay, whatever, what happens now? Do I just, you know, can I, and, and 
I think the one thing that frustrated me a lot that made me really not, because it's not a sense of not believing because you do believe it, but you're not like fully on board with it, so to speak. Okay. And it, and it's because I knew that I wasn't going to get access to things that I properly needed and still don't really, I have to pay for them myself. So having, mm. you know, we, I went through the ADHD clinic and, and through the NHS and, and it was great. And, and everyone was really nice. And the, the, the doctor I had the sessions with and the like, aftercare sort of person that was doing the medication mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're up against it and there's stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of people waiting on a list and we've got to get through this backlog and ultimately one thing that i'm quite not against but i'm always cautious with is i go to somebody professional with a problem and they throw pills at me and and i go right. oh okay bosh magic i'm not it didn't work when they gave me sertraline and now we know why, because I wasn't depressed. I had this. Yeah, so now I've got this yeah. trusting inside where I know that if I genuinely, genuinely want to get to the bottom of it, it's going to cost me a fortune. And, you know, I, 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 I uh, took it upon myself to then, you know, go and find good counseling who understands who is, experienced in ADHD and a neurodivergence yeah. and understanding. I went out and seeked mm. that myself. Um, yeah. In fact, I think it's your therapist who kind of. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Us. Jane. Yeah. All right, Jane. Yeah. She's Brilliant. awesome. <laughs> Shout out yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big up Jane, you know, and, and yeah, I think it's that knowing that I was never going to really be able to go to, cause it, you know, the NHS now, like, they, the, the ADHD clinic, they then pass you up back onto the GP, you know, yeah. and you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm saying anything out of turn here, but, but, you know, they're even like, listen, ring them in, ring them in six months. Cause they're supposed to check your medication, but the chances are they're not going to be able to do it. And I was like, mm. what is this fucking system that we're trying to work? Like if I've got, if yeah. I've got ADHD and yeah. I need medication, then I'm going to forget. To come back to you in six months, like, yeah. what is this irony yeah. that we're trying to work with? And it, I think, yeah. I think it, six months' time might as well be never. Yeah, right? and, and, because it's and I'm trying, and I think ago. that's yeah. what made me feel this uh, belief that, like, okay, got ADHD, whatever, okay. sounds good, take some medication, makes me feel better, um, mm -hmm. sweet, but it's a lot of the work that I do with Jane and the stuff that I do pay for uh, that is massively mm. beneficial. And I think even if I like, like say, think back to my counselor state upbringing and there'll be kids there now. And I imagine that there's support and that is better, but the attitude's still there. You know, yeah. the, that life is still there. You're still not going to be yeah. able to go to a psychiatrist and, and, and be prescribed uh, proper medication that, that, that works on your level of dosage. I think it was your, your yeah. first, your first uh, guest again that was talking about, you know, going with different doses and different medication. I kind of didn't really get that mm. choice. I had three sessions to get it right. So yeah. I had one session here's some medication, take that, see how it is. Started taking it. Remember just feeling weird for about three days. And I was like, this, it feels weird, but it kind of is helping at the same time. 
is that my mind telling me that that's a thing or is it the medication? Mm. And I'm fighting it all the time. I'm, I'm fighting the paradoxes constantly in it. And I'm like, well, okay, well, let's, then they give a bit higher dosage. And, and I was like, what? And I can't take that much. That's ridiculous. I feel, mm. you know, it's not right. And then we mm. kind of just then got to another dosage, but I've never tried any other medication. Mm. I, I, I probably couldn't afford a psychiatrist to, 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 to have that regular checkup and regular sit down and, and speak about it. And I think, yeah. Um, yeah. All, all of those things combined just meant that I never really wanted to believe because it meant that I had to work extra hard to go yeah. and find, get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah. What I do now, yeah. what I did do though, and, and what I do now still to this day is I just work so hard on me. It, that's that's served me well because I now know that if I really, really choose to, I can be able, I can mm. choose to think a certain way. And that's how I tap into my so ADHD. Like, so like being present 100%, with your emotions 100%. helps you regulate because it's like I'm feeling angry and almost acknowledging it, being present with the emotion yeah. Yeah. sort of gives you a little bit of distance from the emotion. So you can kind of be like, Oh, I'm angry. Yeah. So you're kind of taking a bit of control. Um, Absolutely. Does that help you regulate it? Absolutely. Um, if if I, <clears throat> yeah, if I am, and it, this is why when I go for a run or when I go for a climb or when I'm in the midst of hyper-focus, I am at my absolute best because I don't need to do anything other than be right there and then. And if I am right there and then, and this goes for most things, not just ADHD, but if you can be right there and then in that thing, that one thing that you're doing, nothing else matters, Mm. not one thing. It doesn't matter if you've not put the washing out. It doesn't matter if you've got to sort your car windscreen out because you've smashed it the other week. It doesn't matter that you've left your bottle down at the climbing gym. You're there, you're in it. It doesn't even matter that you forgot to eat because you're there and you're just doing that thing. And I think that's what I try and aim for as much as I possibly can without looking too much like a lunatic on the street telling myself to relax. (laughs) Relax, relax. relax, I love that. I love that. I feel like you just give me my soundbite for, uh, <laughs> for the beginning. Well, of I do it. that. I generally do that if I'm on a run, or if I'm if I'm struggling on a climb, or there's a certain problem, or if I'm getting if I'm getting if things on set are getting a bit too mental in my mind. I'll go to the toilet. I'll go outside and have a little walk. Relax, 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 and constant, 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 all the time. And in the end, I believe it. Mm. And it just, mm. it just regulates everything. And um, mm. I find these little tools and traits and things by accident all the time. And I'll go, oh, yeah, that yeah. works. I'll do that. I have a super, yeah. super rigid, like, morning routine. I don't leave my door until I've done my morning routine. And now I do it every day because it's a behavior that I've inserted in to help me yeah. with the behaviors that I... I do maybe or maybe not because of yeah. ADHD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're quite, yeah. 
I find the routine as well so helpful, right? It's just, I have this thing where I walk downstairs in the morning, as soon as I walk into the kitchen, I have this thing where I say on repeat, meds, 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 meds. Yeah, yeah, see? (laughs) Because (laughs) because if I, if I, I, and now it's weird, like even if I walk downstairs and it's not in the morning and I walk into the kitchen, I'm saying meds, meds. I'm like, I don't need to take my meds now. I've taken them this morning. (laughs) And if I do, and I'm like, wait, did I take them? (laughs) But it's that thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's little tips and tricks that actually do help, even if it sounds a bit kind of quirky. Well, that's it. I think it's the, it's that, um, a part of, of having ADHD and I'm super interested in like neurology and, and, and the brain and how it works. And I'm, I'm fascinated by it and it, and I know that whether you've got ADHD or any mental health, you know, issue or, or you're just trying to work your shit out. If you're, if you're willing to change a habit, switch a behavior, concentrate on something, every single day, then it will change. We know that it's a fact. So yes, all right. It might be a little bit different for people with ADHD because they might struggle with certain things. It might be different for someone with depression because they literally can't get out of bed or someone with anxiety mm. doesn't even want to leave the house because you know, they don't know what's out there, what, what, their, what their emotions are going to be like putting in different behaviors and and learning different ways of dealing with your own inner battle is key to you getting out of whatever it is. And I've had to do it under many, many umbrellas. I've had to do it under the depression umbrella. I've had to do it under the anxiety uh, umbrella. I've had to do it under the bipolar one for a short, for a short time. And all these things that I'm thinking that I am is the answer to this thing. And all the time, the answer is within me. It, it, yeah. it, it's genuinely, it doesn't matter if you're affluent. It doesn't matter if you're on a council estate. Each have got their own struggles, but it, it's in you. It's your ability to say, hold on, this is a thing that I do. I'm doing it. And that's all right. So I don't want to do yeah. it forever. So how do I move forward? And you find and you listen. And I think, you know, with mm. this, even in Leeds, that sound- where I am, yeah. the support, the free support is, it's everywhere. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Mm. I never had that until I was almost too late. It was almost too late. Uh, the way you say that, it sounds to me like there's a bit of like a self-compassion in what you're saying. Two, fi- two things that changed my life. Uh I learned about self-compassion and I learned about self-esteem and they're it. That's it. If, if you're not compassionate, compassionate to yourself, then you're definitely not going to be compassionate to anything or anyone. So you're always going to be against the tide. You're always going to struggle. Same with self-esteem and they're kind of hand in hand. If you're in that judgmental place, whether it's with yourself or with other people, which is something else I always, because I've always struggled with a judgment thing. But when you actually dig deep into what it means to be a compassionate person, and when you actually dig deep in what it means to be, to have self-esteem, I don't think that many people really, really know what, what they actually mean. And when I'm compassionate to myself, my self-esteem's high. And another thing that I constantly say to myself, because I, I catch myself a lot now, I'm like, 
I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. And that's it. <laughs> Shall we... Uh, well, Shall we bring in the gaffer? Toby. Welcome, Toby. Um, obviously, you were listening into our chats and I wanted just to ask you what it was like to listen to that chat, to hear Gaz's story like that. Uh, it's maybe a bit emotional, really, kind of like hearing everything he's been through. Um, like I've, I've known Gaz for about a year now and we work together like really closely. We work, we work together a lot. Um, his, um, I think his, you know, his, his journey in particular, like kind of his, his, the fact that he's had a struggle for so long because he wasn't able to get any help is like, it's, it's, it's quite a sad thing really. Cause you know, I've been through my own journeys and, and that side of things. And I think if you were just able to, if, if he was just able to kind of get someone, not even a diagnosis, but someone actually to be able to help him in the way that he needed to approach the world, he could have cut out a lot of that time mm. of, you know, where he's just trying to make himself feel a bit um, fitting in or trying to cope by, you know, trying to cope by kind of getting blasted at the weekend and that kind of stuff, you know, and you think, you mm. know, you, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he's, he's kind of gone over, he's gone over that whole learning curve now and it's, it's great to kind of sort of see him, see him flourish and bloom, like, you know, where he is now. It's, it's, it's great, but um, it's certainly co- mm. quite, um, it's quite emotional kind of hearing the whole journey he's been through. Mm. And you guys are obviously business partners and you have a production company together. Um, what's it like to be uh, in partnership with Gaz, who's got ADHD? What, how do you kind of experience that, do, like being in partnership with him? Um, to be fair, he's probably one of the calmest people that I know. He's, he's, he, he's just, he's, he's, he's a, he just totally knows how to like approach a situation and just say, he's like, mate, it'll be fine. We'll be good with this. So he, he, he because he's got a real handle on himself, he's actually very good at keeping me calm. And people, people often say like, I'm quite a calm person, but because we're really close, I think often I'm like very mm. unguarded with Gaz. If I'm, if I'm like, mate, I'm a bit worried about this one. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And he's just like, mate, it'll be okay. We've got this. Like, we're going to do this and this and this. And even if it doesn't work, it will get better. And he, he said this thing to me about um, 10 or 11 months ago. And we didn't have many leads coming in. And we would have bills mounting up. And we knew we had to get people in. And we'd get a client on the on a video call and I'd be doing my absolute best to try and make them sign up. I probably was coming across a bit desperate, you know, um, and some of them would sign up and some wouldn't, but Gaz would just say, mate, the clients will come and the clients will go and they'll come again. He's absolutely right. You know, it's just a matter of experience and mm. seeing that, but he was just, he was, he, he was almost like he was able to stand there, look at it from his own perspective and then stand at somebody else's perspective and then look back at it. Yeah. And it was a really, um, a really in- interesting to think to see that because it's, it's, I th- you know, you could tell from the discussion you were having, he's talking about self compassion, and, um, um, yeah. And I was thinking, I mean, that's not something I understand. Like, I feel like I don't really know myself very well from that because you've obviously, you know, it's obviously you are you are totally in that space where you really know, yeah, how people think and you help like, basically help them understand themselves. Um, but having seen that. He's made me, he's taught me that I, you know, just need to 
sometimes just really be much more about letting go and let and knowing that it will work out in the end. Yeah. And that, that you that, kind of mentioned, Oh, you got, go for I it just again. want to, just want to chip in there. So that, that, and, and what I'd, I'd love, and what I, this is what I tell everybody. It's not just people with ADHD or, or any sort of neurodivergence or anything, really the ability to be able to just let go and, mm. and be, uh, I, I described my morning routine to someone once and I went, do you know what? For one hour a day, uh, I give up on myself. I give up on me. I let, I let me do whatever the fuck it wants to do all day under, under, you know, I'll try my best. But for one hour in the morning before I walk out the door, I get to give up on all that and I'm allowing myself. And I think if if you're able to just be a bit nicer to yourself and a bit more just softer, we're in this Western like mm. attitude mm. of bang, 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 fast, 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 fast. You know, it, it comes over from mm. America and you're like Silicon Valley, like think fast, think forward, think fast, think forward. And that's like an ADHD playing into an ADHD dream. Now you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next mm. thing, next thing, next thing. But it's hard and it's intense and it is, it's, it's abrasive yeah. and and it mm. it's difficult to yeah. deal with. So if you can go home and have half an hour at the end of the day or twenty minutes when you wake up, you know, I say to a lot of my friends now who who struggle and 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 will come to me, and you know, when we have open chats and and I'll be like, just get up fifteen minutes earlier and have a have a tea and just be soft. Yeah. Don't go on your phone, you know, have a drink or what. Just just be gentle and soft, and it. Mm. It doesn't matter if you've got yeah. a neurodivergency or anything. Can, you can be the happiest person in the world, but you'll still benefit from mm. just having a certain amount of time to just give up on yourself for a bit. And it is, it's just, yeah. that, it's just that bit of time to just, and, it, and, and you know what? Not all of, even when we have, and uh, again, this is one thing I used to struggle with all the time, is uh, the time blindness. My, my day just blends, blends in, like it's a blended time. I don't, can't mm. quite operate in linear time it don't quite work mm. like that um but yeah the 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 blendedness of it is just oh i've lost my train again what was we going on about time blindness yeah but what was we going on about before that uh change your gear yeah just being soft on yourself so yeah just like that being able mm. to take I love that. I, I literally love Gaz that you just like demonstrated work your working memory, like failing you there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, then, and do you know what? And then Toby just kind of got you back on track. Yeah, and do you know what? Like, um, and I think that's the thing with with Toby's like why I was keen to get. There was a couple of people that I was keen to come on with me, and I think that's one reason yeah. why uh, I wanted to, because of his level of understanding and his ability mm. to be to operate uh, within my realm if I need him to. So yeah, 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 I can I can drop out and be like right, and again, like for me back in the day, I'd have panicked and I'd have just I'd have just tried to say something funny, which would have come out inappropriate. And I do it I do it all the time, and I do it to people that that. Uh, and I think that's another key thing as well. Like I now consciously put people around me that I know yeah. that can operate when I need to operate. But Toby, I'm dying to know um kind of um what's gaz like on a bad day so you talked about him in general being like quite calm and helping you to make be calm but 
what's it like, you know, when you you kind of sense that Gaz is struggling? Uh, to be honest, he doesn't he doesn't really have that many bad days. I was going to say I don't I don't yeah, think I don't think Toby's actually. Well, wait a second. <laughs> 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 he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have that many bad days. Like he's. I think he. He really. He. He. He really is at a point where he's. 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 He. He's really got. He's. He's really. Got in this. Tune. But he's in tune with himself. Yeah. yeah. Um. He does this thing sometimes where he decides that he's just gonna. He, he's. He's like I can't deal with my phone today, so just turns it off, and he's just like the phone's like you know you just can't get hold of him and occasionally i'm like okay. it's like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say something if that's going to happen can you just drop me a text to let me know if i need to speak to you so so occasionally but you know but the, the thing is it just you kind of have to just accept accept it, him for being him and mm. he's he's a wonderful person like he's one of the best people i've ever met that's 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 why we work together oh I so yeah so and you just you know yeah. like you know we can that's why we're open up in this forum like you know, he's a wonderful person to 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 work with and have as a friend, and um, mm-hmm. we, you know, you have to just accept who he is and let him be him. Because and actually, you know, the the way that we work, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like we we have days where we've got to be on set and with a client and whatnot, but also part of the reason of setting this whole thing up was that we were able to be flexible. So on Monday, Gaz yeah. did like. 14 hours and he was like i've done my week's work <laughs> he'd, he'd pretty much done like 80 percent of the edits he had to do this he had to do this week i was particularly focused on monday i don't yeah. know why i was just i was just in it yeah and it, it, it just smashed it and i went for a run as well halfway through the day yeah <laughs> that's the thing though isn't it that is one of the things about hyper focus though is that i think that sometimes you can you know, people say, oh, if you're going to study, if you're going to do some work, like take breaks. I'm like, no, if I'm, if I'm in a, if I'm in a zone, don't interrupt me because mm-hmm. I'll smash out some work in like however long it takes. But the amount that I get done in that time, whether it's 14 hours or it's six hours or whatever, sometimes it's incredible the amount that we have, the capacity that we have, I think, do you know what I mean? And sometimes it's like, I don't know why I had that ability, but I just did. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> kept going i think it's really funny like you mentioned you you, you got you guys mentioned yourselves in a, in a in, in a way like you know we, because you know we're in a we're in a conversation about adhd and we're in a conversation about mm. that well our, our brains work in this sort of similar way and we share we share these traits and we manage them this way but i don't have this diagnosis i don't have these these things and i'm i'm really dyslexic and you i listen mm. to your introduction to your podcast and you're talking about um is it aphasia where you struggle to speak and that kind of thing yes yeah 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 yeah. and um yeah uh so i'm dyslexic Uh, i'm pretty sure i've got aphasia or or some degree of it i got my 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 stuff is much better than it used to be but it's okay um it was only ever quite mild but it certainly came out and you know i didn't go to school i haven't got gcc's away levels or anything like that um Mm. and i don't know if it's like a a trait that is similar to adhd and, and whatnot but these mm. things you talk about, like I'm, my wife is like, you get obsessed with something. <laughs> I'm super focused on things. And, um, yeah. and my, my, uh, the, I got married in July. My brothers did this. I don't know if you've got brothers or sisters, but like, you know how they like, they know you and they'll tell those stories and they mm. don't give shit who you are. Like they'll, 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 <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll tell it to everyone that you know and love and they'll do it for a good laugh. Yeah. But they told this very sincere, very sincere, um, uh, story about, uh, all these obsessions that I had and they did this whole 
presentation with emojis, didn't they? And it was just, it was just, it was like all these things that I've been interested in and hyper focused about these crazies they called them. Yeah. It was like Mister Toad out of Wind in the Willows. <laughs> and then you're mentioning all this hyper focused <laughs> stuff, you know. And I'm like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> Toby, you starting to be like. Hmm. Yeah. But that's, but that's another good point as well, like, and I think uh, one of the reasons why I, I wanted Toby to come on and another one of the reasons why I, I didn't, I purposefully didn't really, because I said it to you as well, I said, listen to Alex's introduction on this podcast, don't listen to the episodes, because I didn't, I didn't want him to have this preconceived concept that he could come in here and, 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 and hear what these people are saying. And, right. and then... And then link to things because I'm linked and, and we have these behaviors and, and traits and personalities. And I, yeah. and I do believe that like a lot of people, it's banded around there like it's just nothing. Like, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that, that Toby's wife, yeah. Kiara, is banding it around because I don't think she does. She's, no. she's an amazing person to deal with him in many mm. ways. And I don't. And and you know it's it, it's charming. It's a fair. It's a fair point. It's true because again, again, yeah, like you, yeah. honestly, you know, he, he is. He's a. He's, mm. he's tenacious and he is obsessive. And I think that's why I can relate to him a lot because I'm very similar. Yeah. And why we do operate on such a really good level. But then mm-hmm. he's super professional, and I can give a toss. <laughs> so you know, I only ever wear a hat, and I never yeah. have my hair done. And he's like, "We're having promo shots. Take your hat off." And I'm like, "Oh." F- oh. And it's like, and you know, that, uh, and, uh, and I hear like your guests speak as well and in, in, in take the differences and the similarities and yet some have got ADHD, some haven't. And, and yeah. I think that's it. Like I want, I want people to, to know and, mm. and to understand that it's not necessarily the ADHD, the behaviors, the traits, the, the similarities and the things that we've, that we perceive up here in this in this Mm -hmm. area of society it's that thing Mm -hmm. that's actually fucking in you that makes you struggle day to day the the thing that i'm sat here with with you guys is just that regardless of whether we talk about um toby having traits of it possibly um that that kind of discussion aside it seems to me that toby you have an understanding at least you've kind of got yourself to a place where um you're aware of gaz and you're aware of some of the things that he's talked about his struggles with or and that you respect when he like there's been times in this um conversation gaz where you said oh i've been a bit selfish and the thing that i've been kind of thinking about was it doesn't sound selfish to me. It sounds like you're kind of aware of your needs. Mm. You're aware of when you need to do something and where you might need to shift the behavior or you might need to step away or you might need to not be on your phone or whatever it is, or you might need to do more of something else that Toby, at least you have a sense of, okay, he, this is what he needs. This is what he knows he needs to do now. And you respect that as opposed to judging it for being something that it isn't. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. If it's 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 not almost it's not really as kind of cerebral as that. Just sort of go, just go. Okay. Yeah. Just go. I just need to get on with. Just to get on and do his own thing. And and things like like mm. this morning, like he he came in. He, he was he was he was clearly like he was he was clearly like quite kind of anxious or whatever. And he had a bit. Of, he, mm. he he thought he had like a bit of a sniffle or something. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure going on a you know a podcast, isn't it? And weird stuff to do. And I was just like, are you okay? Like you, you like like it's all right. Like you know, 
you know, you mm. could, you know, rather than like taking the piss, like, you're, you're all right, mate. Or like when he had a headache, you know, he had a, like a, a properly bad headache and we were shooting, it was a really important shoot we were doing. And um, we'd built up to it for months. And then, um, and, uh, you know, and you, just, you just kind of had to go like, you know, do you just need a bit of, you know, a bit of time and whatnot? Because I just, if you just get the best out of people if you're just actually nice to them and kind to them, don't you? It's not, it, it sounds yeah. really simple, isn't it? But if you just treat people like you want to be treated, it actually just makes everybody's life a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is, is that when, like, when we set up the business, we worked with a really great business coach. The first thing he spoke to us was, spoke to us about was saying, okay, right, whatever, put your like financial aspirations and all that kind of stuff and all this ego stuff aside. What do you want out of life? Like, what are your, what are your yeah. like, towards values and what you're away from values? I found them in my car the other day when I was cleaning it out, <laughs> covered in ink and like in the back <laughs> of the car. And I looked at yeah. the things that, 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 that I wanted and it was about building a culture and being creative and that kind of, that, that kind of thing. Because I hear Gaz saying, if it comes a job, I'm out. I don't think that's true at all, actually. I think that's just Gaz. I think that's, I think that's, that, I think that's actually fear from like previous engagements he's been oh, yeah. employees yeah. coming out. Absolutely. Because, because ultimately as well, I know, that this I, love never, the I know that this will never become a job. Just a job. Yeah. Well, because it's based, it's, you've built this business yeah, yeah. On, on commonly shared and accepted values that it, you don't accept clients where it becomes a job because that's not within your ethos. Mm. Our, our values and ethos become more bigger than us. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, this yeah. whole thing's bigger than us. The, yeah. the, the, I think that the last thing I was going to say is that the point is, um, what the, the things that the things that the work that we do and the things that we're passionate about is that um is that you've clearly seen that Gaz's journey through education he's seen some really awful bits and then some really great bits yeah and a few months ago we both sat down just, just like doing some practice stuff and I talked about my background of having actually seen some really bad bits through dyslexia and then getting mm. to vet school and it just worked it was a new curriculum just worked for me mm. and so we're working in the veterinary area and we're trying to improve education but the reason for us is that we're passionate about actually giving people education that just works for them because it can be really yeah. awful if it's not and you can make it just just flow just so easy if you get it right and that's what we want to do so that, and that, that's that's yeah. our shared, that's our shared value about it, mm. and so the people that we want to work with us is people who actually have have no understand this thing. And it you know it might be that they've struggled mm. because they've got you know physical disability. It might be because they're dyslexic. It might be because you know, they have got some other um, some other you know um, neurodivergency that makes it different for them. But the reason is because if they've had that mm -hmm. struggle, then actually they can totally relate to it and they feel why this is really important for us. Before we finish, because we're going to have to wrap up here, is Toby, knowing that, you know, obviously Gaz recently has been diagnosed and it's been something that he's been thinking about for a while. What, what would you say to someone, let's say, who says, oh, I'm working with someone, you know, closely who's got ADHD. What, what, what things would you actually say to that person in terms of things to be mindful of or thing or tips or not really tips, but just like what, what would be your kind of words to someone if they were working with someone who has ADHD having worked with Gaz? You know, I think 
it probably wouldn't be right for me to be able to offer advice on that because actually he's just so easy to work with. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. you know, he's, you know, so, you know, so it's, it would, it would, I work with, I work with many other people who have much more difficult behavioral traits, don't know themselves and don't get any mm. help on a regular basis. So yeah, yeah. The easiest people. I think I could, I could offer something in and I think that would be be patient And have that easygoing nature about you that means that if it's similar to like, you know, uh, as a, as a, a child gets older and then they go and they're working towards their GCSEs. And even though the science blatantly says that they would operate better if they started later in the day and finished later in the day. We're still going to go and say, no, 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 no. You've got to be at school for nine o'clock and we need to, because this is the system. Being easy going on that idea of, of what it means to, to work through your, your day, your weeks, your months is massively important for someone with a neurodivergence, even with, even if it's dyslexia or, you know, and, 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 and along whatever that scale is having that easygoing nature to be like you know oh you want to work from home mm. today that's fine because most people yeah. like especially me will manage it themselves well listen thank you so much both of you for coming no, on right, and sharing and Gaz, i really appreciate your honesty and just the depth of of your experience and the like the nuances that sometimes it's quite hard to talk about but I feel like you've been really eloquent with that and likewise Toby just some hearing your side of it as well has been really helpful and I really appreciated it so thank you you can follow Gareth on Instagram at gazdakin as well as his creator website garethdakin.com To find out more about the video production work with him and Toby, visit trimbleproductions.com. You can follow this podcast and all updates on future episodes on Instagram at ADHDpodcast.fm and Twitter at ADHDpodcast underscore FM. The show was hosted and produced by me, Alex Campbell, and the interview took place via riverside.fm. Gaz kindly helped me on the edit for this interview, and the podcast theme music was created by the incredible composer, Andrew Swarbrick. As mentioned at the start, next year the podcast is moving to a seasonal series format and I will update you on the amazing guest list lineup in January. And I wish you all, wherever you are listening in from, a very happy, restful, peaceful and safe Christmas. And finally, to all the ADHDs and those around them, remember, each one of us is different, but one thing that is true, each one of us is wonderfully made and so, my friend, are you. Until next time.
Until next time.